Lauren Hill, even though she be late. Let me tell you something. You say something about Lauren Hill, baby. <laughs> she I ain't got you. no switchblade. Lisa I ain't got no you. switchblade. But we gonna, we gonna take it there. I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to Black Activities. A celebration of all things Black. Black culture, Black history, Black perspectives, and Black panache. Celebrating our Blackness doesn't mean exclusion. Everybody's invited, but you got to come in and have a seat. So let, let the, the Black activities begin. I'm Shannon with Mona Lisa, the poet, and we are the hosts of Black Activities Pod. I don't know why I'm being extra dramatic. Just like the last episode, I'm sorry. You gotta give us a whisper of of Black Activities Pod. Today, we are going to explore stereotypes that we as Black people have been given over time. And I think if you listen to the end, you're really going to see a connection between some of those historical stereotypes and the things happening to us today. All right, but first, guys. We need some help. If y'all really love this podcast, if you love us like we feel you love us, okay, prove it. Share this with your friends. We are trying to come up with the best content as possible, but we need the community to step up and help us out. In the podcasting world, more downloads equals more opportunities to monetize and continue to prove the quality of our production. So if you're tired of seeing this dusty camera, if you tired of my mic issues, <laughs> come on, B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to make it my own. All right. <laughs> we want to make sure that the quality of our production is A1 so we can continue to bring you the content that represents our experiences, our perspectives. We should be telling our stories. That's me and you. Okay. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast black activity so please help us grow so that our voices are being amplified also this is my one of my favorite parts we want to spotlight on a local black business la portia harris located in dalton georgia she is a freelance makeup artist and beauty influencer and baby <laughs> she has done wonders on me several on several occasions and shannon she hooked you up too right she has yes. really good. So she has blessed us both with her services in the past. And then also she assisted us with this raffle. If you missed out on that, let me tell you, we had people was like, you know what? I, I respect what y'all doing, but let me just go ahead and get some little extra on that. That way I can win that face beat by Portia because she donated a full beat. Okay. Valued at $75. Let me tell you, that was dope. All right. So people, after you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, I want you to go and follow her as well um, on Instagram and Facebook. This is Slays by Portia Faye. And we're talking when we say Portia, P-O-R-S-C-H-E. Okay. And Faye is F-A-Y. Now, I understand we're African-American and sometimes we get a little outrageous with the spelling, but that's why I just want to. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. It ain't no special hyphens or, you know, <laughs> silent letters. There's no Z in there. Okay. We'll put it all in the in the show notes. Yes, there we go. Thank you. And then you can also email her for services and setting up appointment at LaPortiaHarris at gmail.com. 
All right. So we're going to jump into the stereotypes. So Shannon, I just bought my second daughter a car, right? I don't know if I told you that I've, I've been looking for a car for her. Mm-hmm. Now, she is going away to college. She's joining my oldest. So, Black Tivity family, y'all pray for me. Mona Lisa the poet has two children in college, Jesus. Say it. Say it. Amen. Say it. Preach. All right. So, the challenges of being a woman, okay, one a woman, and two being broke is kind of crazy. But I have a question. Do car salesmen not come out and greet you anymore? Like, do they... Like, what's the deal with that? My husband loves cars. Okay. So, we end up on car lots a lot. Okay. Now, I have experienced places where maybe I got the perception that they didn't feel like we could afford Mm. Okay. And so okay. they did not give us much attention. Okay. But we do have some nice, nicer cars. Mm-hmm. And so Yeah, they do. <laughs> she tried to like be <laughs> polite about it. <laughs> These niggas do, but go ahead. <laughs> so when we pull up in that, they will come and talk to us. See, that's crazy. So we visited a lot. And I have my Jeep. Hold on. <laughs> So it ain't like I was like busted and I had I had the funds to where I was able to either if they was going to accept the check, I could have wrote a check or I could go. I could have went and withdrew all of the cash. I wasn't there to like put a down payment. I was there to pay cash money for a car. OK, because I ain't got time for no car payments right now. And I was shocked at how long we walked on car lots and no one greeted us or even check to see if we were interested. And that turned me off. That would turn me off too. Yeah, I made a Facebook post and I was just like, I ain't do car salesmen not greet people anymore. And the first thing one of my friends said was, bro, you look broke. They think you broke, sis. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. So, but what I did was I ended up buying from a private seller, okay? And she, she, out riding around in her car right now. Actually, she took a little sister and they hit the road to see the big sister. So they gone. They got the house to yourself. <laughs> Weekend to myself. Ow. Ow. <laughs> city girl. City girl stuff. I'm finna get in the bed though. Acting bad. No, nah, I'm be asleep. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you felt like you were being stereotyped. Yes. Yes, pretty much. Um, besides being possibly looked at as the, the broke black lady. Um, on the cart lot. There has been other times I would get a little frazzled at work or a little irritated. And as soon as that happens, I'm automatically labeled the angry black woman. They'd like, yo, you don't go in there. Don't talk to her. Stay away from her. Or they'd be like, I'm trying with her today. Like, mm-hmm. like, God forbid I have a personality. I'm the type of person, I don't like to talk a whole lot in the mornings. I need a little time to kind of <laughs> and when I go to work, I'm not that one like, good morning. And then they're like, absolutely not. What did you do this weekend? Oh, we went on our jet skis. And I'm sitting here like, bruh. I will go out of my way to not talk to you in the morning. And and see, that's the thing. I'm trying to be respectful. So I don't butt into the conversations or anything. I just sit there waiting for the meeting to start. I may have like a little Starbucks going and I'm, I'm quiet and everybody's going back and forth and 
they insert me. Lisa, what did you do this weekend? And I'm like, oh, I just <laughs> and I'll be I just chilled out at home. I ain't do too much of nothing. Meanwhile, some shit done popped off. Probably me and my children's dad done argued. My mama done came over and told me I need to mop the floor again because she seen. <laughs> you know, it's just like random stuff. But who am I to go and tell them all the stuff I went through? So I'm like, oh, yeah, I had a good weekend. I just keep it like that. And they'd be like, ah. And it's like, okay, like, bro, just like I said I had a good weekend. Like, just, no, like, bleh, you know, like, come on. But other than that, the angry black woman, I just... I just want to just chill. That's it. That's it. That's we can all. talk about where that came from. Okay. Let's, well, since we're going to do it, let's go ahead and do some sax facts. Give it to me. Teach me something, baby. Let's do it. Okay. Well, historically... Stereotypes of black people have been used to justify slavery and oppression. They basically created characters to portray us as lazy, violent, submissive, promiscuous, obedient, dumb, dangerous, basically anything that would benefit the systems that they put in place. And what they did was marketed products, created images and movies and such that painted this picture in the minds of other white people that worked kind of like subliminal messaging. Then they did these scientific studies, quote unquote, Uh. to quote, prove that the stereotypes were right. Like one study they did to say that black people were animal-like savages, like apes. And their study revealed that there was an abnormal length of the arm. The weight of our brains was smaller than white people's, but larger than a gorilla's. And we had short, flat, snub noses, thick, protruding lips, and an exceedingly thick cranium, short black hair that was woolly, so like an animal, right? (laughs) And thick skin. Now, all these discoveries led them to the conclusions that blacks were less sensitive to pain, so we didn't experience pain in childbirth, and it was okay to beat your slaves and murder and torture us, and that we just weren't as smart as white people naturally. Some of those common characters that they used to perpetuate these stereotypes included Mandingo, Mammy, Sambo, Sapphire, Jezebel, and Uncle Tom. Mandingo, the black buck, was created by enslavers and auctioneers to promote the strength, breeding ability, and agility of muscular young black men. They wanted to show that this powerful black man was no match for the white man because he could be subdued and forced into slavery. They also created the notion that these men were animalistic and violent sexual predators. So this justified the white mobs who came after them for supposedly raping white women all across the country because every city has these stories of a black man who got lynched because they were inappropriate or raped a white woman, supposedly. They would actually use the term black brutes to describe these men accused of insulting or raping white women in newspaper headlines. Mm. Mammy 
was the heavyset, loyal, content, and trusted caregiver who was popular after the Civil War and into the 1900s, like Aunt Jemima, who was a real-life cook named Nancy Green. And you might find these mammy characters in films like Birth of a Nation, which was in 1915, Imitation of Life in 1934, and Gone with the Wind, 1939. Then we had Sambo, who was an ignorant and obedient black man who was so happy to be a slave and serve his massa, almost like a big little kid. Mm-hmm. But he was also lazy. Now, how are you going to be a slave working in the fields and be lazy like that? Don't even make sense. George Kingfish Stevens from a show called Amos and Andy was one such character. And because he was like this, his wife named Sapphire was always loud, angry, aggressive and domineering. Her sassiness was another stereotype for a character popular from the 1800s through the mid-1900s. So you talked about that angry black woman. Uh There she goes. There she is. Uncle Tom, we've talked about before. The original Uncle Tom sacrificed his life to save other slaves instead of being obedient to his master. But they changed the character to make him submissive, obedient, and desiring of white approval when the story was adapted into a movie. His stereotype became a thing during the Great Migration when Blacks began to move from the South to the North, but they were used to Jim Crow and they kind of still acted as such. Reverend George Alexander McGuire, who was a Black man and founder of the African Orthodox Church, was actually the first person recorded using Uncle Tom as an insult, 1919. So we put that one on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Merriam-Webster defines Jezebel as an impudent, shameless, or morally unrestrained woman. And historically, the Black woman has been described in this way. She was the seductress, who was valued only for her body and a man's sexual pleasure. Of course, this justified the slave master raping his slave woman. All of this is just absolutely ridiculous and shows how our image in America has been shaped over the centuries. They even shaped the stereotype of black people and watermelon. Watermelon used to symbolize self-sufficiency and freedom because that's how a lot of freed black people supported their families. They grew watermelon and sold them. But Southern whites spun that and they made it a symbol of poverty and uncleanliness because of the way You have to eat watermelon, right? It's uncivilized. Y'all got us effed all the way up. Right, (laughs) right. And that's Sax Facts. taught me something there like was sharing with us that you know they had to survive off selling watermelon like I I wasn't aware of that but that was a period where I self-consciously didn't eat watermelon in public were you doing it because of the stereotype Uh and trying to (laughs) not perpetuate that Uh yeah but now I said up baby I even offer you you one piece flip it (laughs) 
So let's talk a little bit. So what stereotypes do you feel like exist for us today? I definitely think that the angry black woman is still there. Uh I also feel like the violent black man is still there. Mm -hmm. The thug. Yeah, I feel like that is residual from history. Right, right. And so that contributes to black men getting killed by police and the incarceration rate being higher a higher percentage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are two major ones. I also feel like the stereotype of us being less smart still exists too. I feel like all of these stereotypes really kind of still exist, but instead of being in the forefront, like they were back then, now they're like subliminal things. Mm. They turn into this bias that people have about us and they don't think about, you know, they may not think, Oh, Shannon's black. She's not as smart, Mm -hmm. but something inside them. That's like ingrained in them may have that bias and that perception. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Something that I came across is, um, when it comes to stereotypes, I had, <laughs> I don't know if I shared this on a previous episode. I feel like I have, um, there, one of our classmates, um, his father was a firefighter. He's a retired fighter fighter. And he was the first like black firefighter in this area. And mm-hmm. because of the last name, I would have people ask me often, was I related to him or was he my father? And I would be like, oh, no, I'm not from here, but I do know who you're speaking of. And I am, you know, I I went to school with their children. Um, But (laughs) it it made me sick to my stomach because they were trying to find a way of saying that he was one of the good ones. Yeah, he's one of the good ones. And I think I even heard the guy say that. And it's just like, I was like, well, what do you mean? Because you know how I am. What do you mean, good ones? And he was like, no, no. Like, he was a good firefighter. And I was like, oh, okay, great, great. Um, Mm -hmm. He was a good firefighter. He was one of the good ones, huh? But I just found, you know, that that, that's just, it's it's very, it did. It made me sick at the stomach. I came home and I had talked to my children about it and I, and I make sure I go out of my way whenever I do see classmate and I see his mom and all of them. I mean, I, I couldn't wait to tell her because I, I mean, I talked to them, but I couldn't wait to tell her. And she said, you know what? Just tell me my daughter and tell them to go on. And, that, <laughs> <laughs> and we laugh about that every time we encounter each other. But here it is. You have a man who wanted to break the stereotype and wanted to be a good father and wanted to make something of himself. He walked with confidence. He wasn't thinking about what nobody else. He had a family to take care of. And instead of just acknowledging this was a fellow man, you had to point out that he was black and he was one of the good ones. And and I think that's just crazy. That's ridiculous. Why why did he have that? Like what's as opposed to what? That's that's what I, I wish I could put right. that on the shirt. He's one of the good ones as opposed to what? Like, you know, right. like, why did, why did you even have to say that? I feel like that wasn't 
necessary. You could have just left it at it as this is a, a guy that I know. And I would have been fine. I wouldn't have said anything. But you took it to the next level. I know you meant well, but no. <laughs> Even if he had said, you know, he's a really good guy, like that mm-hmm. would have been better mm-hmm. than saying he's one no. of the good ones. He said he's one of the good ones. And I was just like, all right, well, okay. Which ones are you talking right. about? I'll, I'll walk away. Yes, yeah, time. It's time to make an exit. Well, you have a good day, sir. This is where make my awkward exit. I do those well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you think that we as Black people sometimes live out or perpetuate these stereotypes? I do. I, I have to agree. I do. Because, I don't know, I've been places and seen Black people behaving in a certain way. And I'm like, why are they doing that? Like, they don't even have to Mm -hmm. do all that. Mm -hmm. Like, they're trying to be loud. Mm -hmm. Or trying to just perpetuate that angry. Well, this is the thing, though. This is the thing, though. I feel like we in a damned if we do, damned if we don't. So when it comes to us, like we do try to have fun. We do try to we're we're ourselves. We're our own culture and everyone acts different. Like we've talked about this before in previous episodes, like how we our culture is kind of like it influences other things. So there I have been in situations where I'm like, bro, don't come on, man. Why she got that on out there? <laughs> but sometimes we can't help that we have a little extra. You know what I mean? A little extra thighs and hips. You know? I understand that we're a little extra, but what I'm talking about mm-hmm. goes beyond the extraness. It's like you okay. have to actually try to be this right, way. Right. Okay. So is there a stereotype that you live up or you have in the past? I do not know. I would have to think about that. Let me see. With me, I would have to say, okay, you know how they look at us as being ghetto and ratchet, right? And I can I can see that, okay, we ghetto. And then we gotta see where that where it comes from. Is our ghetto and ratchet sometimes misunderstood for us just having confidence or like, let me give you an example. So in a professional setting, everyone is sitting up, everyone's doing this, everyone's being fake, right? And sometimes with us, we got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I am. Yeah. Now, I ain't, I'm not saying ratchet. I'm just saying like how we talk. Our ghetto sometimes is misunderstood. And this is just my opinion. To where we have a little swag in the way we talk. We have a little way of how we dress and all of that. And no, I'm not making excuses for the people that sag their pants because that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's one of those stereotypes. Y'all contributing to the thug stereotype and that's not okay. What's the point? I have yet to find a person tell me a good enough reason to sag your damn drawers. But go ahead. Go off. Anyway, <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. But anywho, I just, I feel like when we do have our own swag or the way we talk or how we do things, it is kind of like playing into the stereotype. But I feel like, too, our confidence in the way that we do flow and we do things 
it is given off or automatically is assumed that we're ghetto or ratchet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, and I do agree with that. I think that sometimes our ratchetness comes off in the wrong way um, or right. is misunderstood. I agree with that. I think that you talked about like in the workplace, like you're not going to go up in there and just be talking and acting ghetto and oh, no. ratchet, right? It's a time and a place no. for everything. So, you know, when somebody's in the wrong setting and they're acting ratchet, mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, come on, man. Like, you said time and a place. Time and a place. Now, I understand creativity. Everybody, freedom of speech, you do what you want to do, right? But I have to say this again when it comes to our music, because we influence people. Sometimes I get embarrassed. I don't even listen to the radio because I feel like every time I turn on the radio, Pound Town is on. <laughs> I still haven't heard that song. <laughs> I guess I'm avoiding it. For the people that's not looking at the, the, the video, I'm covering my face right now because I'm so ashamed because I'm in the car with my children and on the radio, you know, they, they get into where they can say stuff now. You know what I mean? But the fact that I'm sitting in the car driving and she say her coochie pink and her booty hole brown. Oh, no. On the radio. Come on, y'all. And everybody's just like, yeah, yeah. This girl was at the freaking award show singing her song next to, what's his name? Dr. Uh, The Pastor Bobby Jones. That was embarrassing. That was a, a clincher. For me, I clench my teeth like, uh, that's not a good look. Time and a place, guys. Time and a place. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I got my ratchet music that I listen to. Okay. But I'm by myself. But sometimes I feel like maybe the radio should go back to filtering certain things. I wish they that would. That way you have. Because it's got yeah, to be a little too it's, much. It's crazy. It's crazy. Some of the content and things is crazy. But then you may have some people that's going to come along and say, well, there are other songs that have that. Yes, this is true. But we talking about black activities. We talking about us because we going to have to police ourselves first before we police other people. We got to clean up what we have going on first. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my songs and I'm going to say it again. I have my songs I listen to. Okay. <laughs> But it's me by myself. Okay. I'm not ride, riding down the street, bumping it really, really loud. Okay. I would say back to your original question. Is there a stereotype that I live up to or have in the past? I feel like I'm almost the anti stereotype. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't know. I'm a nerdy black girl. No. And you're quiet. Like you're quiet though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm loud. Fuck it. I'll be that. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? (laughs) 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 But I know when. A time and a place. Yeah. Time and a place. Time and a place. That's that's important. Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you think that the stereotypes that we talked about in Sax Facts still kind of affect us? Like, do you see the connection? I know we talked about a few. So the thug, yes, obviously with the, the 
police brutality and things that have occurred and um, the Jezebel. Everybody wants to be similar, curvaceous, and everybody want to be BL and everybody want to twerk on headlights. Throwing it back to music, Mm -hmm. I feel like that might be one way where we as a community are perpetuating the stereotype, the Jezebel stereotype. Mm -hmm. But think about this, though. When it comes to our music, what is more successful? What will be number one first? I know they say sex sells, but. Uh huh. And who's behind music? White people. It ain't all black. It it ain't all black folks. So they make money off of it, right? So it's hard for us, like the people that are positive music, soul child, Angie Stone. Jill Scott, love them. Lauren Hill, even though she be late. Let me tell you something. You say something about Lauren Hill, baby. <laughs> she comes. I ain't got you. no switchblade. Lisa, I ain't got no you. switchblade. But we gon' we gonna take it there. But anyway, the people that put it out there, that put the positive stuff out there, they don't they don't blow up as big. They don't, you know, they're known. Freaking Rhapsody, like Cardi She's B. Like, she cool. Um, all that, but Rhapsody, man, I might. Rhapsody is dope. Oh my God, some of her, man. Let me tell you. Let me stop for I, I forgot. Big Crit. That's another one. Like there are so many people that give out positive things and things. Like Killer Mike just had a new album drop that was fire, informative. You know what I mean? But they don't blow up. But they don't get that same recognition as people that's you know out there twerking on headlights and. Letting people know what color their coochie hole is. But that's another you example. Better that you better not blow that out. Either. <laughs> <I won't. laughs> you better not. They are exploiting our sexuality. Right. That's just another thing with the with the Jezebel. And and they're trying. They mean well, especially what you said, ain't your mama um early in your sex facts. And they're trying to make changes, but I feel like they're going in the wrong direction. You're paying attention to the wrong things just to, you know, say they working with us. Cause I don't about to, I ain't, let me tell you something. Ain't nothing changed since they done took down ain't your mama off the uh, syrup box. They didn't even pay her family. The real lady's family. They worried about the wrong thing. It's all about that money reparations. Y'all playing. She should have got something all these years that they used right. her image. Aunt Jemima. Yeah, what about Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben too, yeah. Right. So y'all worry about the wrong thing, but well, you worried about the wrong thing. I keep seeing uh <laughs> the memes where people uh are pouring uh syrup from the Pearl Mills uh syrup bottle back into the ancient mama bottle that they kept. <laughs> <laughs> They use the ancient mama bottle. They just use it as a refill. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah, those those are the ones mostly is 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 the Jack Jezebel and 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 those those things. They got us effed up, man. Do you feel like it's important to debunk the stereotypes that other cultures have about us, or should we just ignore it and move on? If we trying to analyze, debunk, or do anything, like I said before, we need to figure us out first. Because how are we going to go out here and tell somebody how to properly treat us if we can't even treat each other right? 
true. And that's just my opinion. We got to have, you know, our leaders step up and tell people it ain't right. I feel like in some form or fashion, it might still continue. Because like I said, it's just kind of ingrained in people's minds because it's been that for so long and, you know, passed down through generations. So. I don't know. Us ourselves, we do it to each other. We we stereotype and do it to each other. That's true too. Let a crackhead come running down the street, baby. I'm walking my car door so goddamn fast. <laughs> I don't trust I'm nobody. Sorry. So I'm it don't sorry. matter. I'm sorry. See, it don't matter See? what color you are. I'm locking my door. <laughs> I know. I don't be tapping on my window. I ain't got no change. <laughs> Gone, baby. I ain't got uh uh-uh. uh. See, that right there, we need to work on that amongst ourselves first before we go and try to tell somebody else how to treat us. We got to treat ourselves. We got to learn how to treat each other right first. Mm -hmm. We got to keep teaching our children, making sure our children don't pick up on it. Because right now, TikTok and and this new generation, that's, that's what's raising the kids right now. So it's very important that we have black activities and things like that to address these topics. Yes. Content. Spread the word. Feedback. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's have some fun. All right. So what we're going to do is because I am a creative and I know I talk about music and film a lot. Um, we're going to focus on black stereotypes in film and television. Okay. I found an article from thought.com that talked about the five most common stereotypes when it came to African-Americans in film and television. So what I want to do today is of these five categories, we're going to use our brains. I'm going to give you one of the categories and we're just going to see if we can name off any movies or roles or anything like that um, that proves that point. So one, you stated before in Sex Facts, but we have the thug, okay? Always the thug. And I can open up first if it's okay. The one guy who played Junior in Players Club, have you ever seen him play a positive character? Because he also played a thug in Menace to Society. (laughs) They kind (laughs) of start typecasting you after a while. Yes, yes. So, can you think of a movie about the thug? Every um, drug dealer movie ever made mm-hmm. <laughs> or TV show. Right. Even though I be watching them because I like them. I do. They good. They good. But. Come on. Now, the, the fact that the world was able to make Denzel Washington a thug in training day. Wow. Denzel. And he did it oh so well. He killed it. He did like, it oh he so kills well. every part. Yes. All right, let's go with the, uh, let's find a movie where there's either a single black female, single black mom, or the angry black woman. I'm going to go with all Tyler Perry movies, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What's that movie with Halle Berry in it? Where she losing Isaiah? What she won an Oscar for? Yeah, losing Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Monster's Ball was weird. Yes, and she won an Oscar for that. That was girl by. Uh, out of all the stuff she did, yeah. So 
that right there a perfect example um what's Taraji P. Henson movie where she did for yeah she Diary Mad Black Woman and one of my favorites yeah all of those yeah what's the Al Alchemy Alchemy Acrimony Acrimony yeah Acrimony Acrimony mm-hmm crazy all right how about this the magical negro so you gotta explain that one a little bit so when i say the magical negro i'll give an example think about the movie where will smith played um with matt damon the ledger uh the legend of badger vance Mm -hmm. i think is what it's called the green mile Oh, okay. Ah, you see what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, just just comes in and just like, oh, that um, that was a movie where Eddie Murphy played one too, where he was kind of like he he was taking care of a a white woman. Oh, and that's another thing that was crazy too. I got I'm trying to think of the name of that movie, um, where he took in a white woman who had a little girl and she ended up getting sick, and he healed her. Yeah, he was basically. I yeah. can't think of what. And he raised the little girl, and then the little girl ran, went off to college, and came back, and she got pregnant. And then she didn't realize, you know, he had his own personal life. He had problems until she became an adult. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty neat. But they try to portray like he always knew what they needed, and you know, just a black man there to take care of the white. All right, the black best friend, like clueless. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Stacey Dash played that role. And bless it, she still... She, let me stop. Okay. <laughs> trying to think, because there have been lots of other ones. Then you got, uh, you got to think Ruben Raven Simone. She was the Black best friend. Yeah. Even, I mean, that was her own show. Does that count? I feel like they always have a Black best friend. Because yeah. I feel like that's their attempt at diversifying yeah. or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's give them a black best friend. Was it Scrubs? Yeah, Scrubs. We had Donald Faison. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. He was also in Clueless. Yeah. Typecasting, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then my ultimate favorite, the domestic. So when I say the, the domestic, we're talking about the, um, like you stated in Sax Facts, the person that's there to keep the household together. Okay. So think about like the movie, The Help. Mm-hmm. I love when she gave her that pie. Girl, <laughs> that whole thing I felt bad for a little bit. <laughs> um, I got this from the article Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I also want to share with you, um, I think I told you, but I did go ahead and check out that book um, and um, the movie, The Green Book. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a very, very good movie. The setup was, I mean, it was crazy. And just to give y'all a little synopsis, it's basically this black man who is rich. He is a, a famous recording artist. He had he travels with his own band. He goes on tour and the record company hires um, an Italian man to be his driver. The Italian man who just recently lost his job was needing money really, really bad to take care of his family. But. They do show little pieces where he is kind of racist. 
Okay. So he had to do what he had to do. And he ended up driving for this black man. He was provided with the black book, but he didn't go by the black. I'm sorry, not black book, the green book. And if you're not familiar with the green book, the green book was a book that was published in the 50s. And what that did was it will let black people know when they travel, which roads to take, where where hotels, restaurants, places they can eat. So um, they gave the driver the book, but he didn't go by the book most of the time. And of course, the black man would run into issues and the driver had to find himself protecting him. And they kind of built a bond and relationship based off of that. Very, very good movie. Y'all check it out. Okay. I'm done. Get off my soapbox. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) let's go ahead and hear that piece then, Lisa. All right. Well, let's get it. This is basically simple. It's called stereotype. And I tell you, as much as I want to prove I am far from your thoughts, it's challenging. As much as I can prove my intelligence, prove my intentions and grace, it's utterly a stretch beyond your mind. One degree, two or three Erase because your own people take pride in those stereotypes. Those and theirs. They're spelled T-H-E with an I and R will not be claimed by me. Damned if we do, damned if we don't, right? No matter if I'm twerking on headlights, I have to throw that in there, <laughs> or leading a flight of 20 kites, I'm still special. They see you for what they believe, what they are taught. So you tell me, how do we conquer a stereotype? Mm. As you were reciting that beautiful poem, Mm -hmm. I thought about white people being mad about affirmative action. Yes. And they're mad because they assume that we're not smart enough to be there it's kind of a stereotype that's right exactly i feel like those people who benefited from affirmative action were getting placed there and undeserving of being at harvard or yale or wherever but that's not the case we have to work harder guys yes these people deserve to be there they just weren't getting Mm -hmm. noticed right Right. Exactly. This is true. Stereotypes. (laughs) In conclusion, no matter what people think of you, come on, black people, you are a prize. Everyone is going to have an opinion that there will be a time where they cross the street in fear of whatever possibilities. Just remember who you are and keep it moving, but also do your part to not buy or contribute to any of the negative stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for listening, guys. 
For next week, we're talking about a topic that I myself have talked about several times on air because I consider myself a mental health advocate. Yes, ma'am. And I've been to therapy several times. But next week, we're going to talk about why Black people might need therapy. It's a concept that is becoming a little more acceptable in the Black community, but it still kind of has a stigma. So we'll also talk about why that is. Mm. I'm with it. Yep. <laughs> Look for us on IG and Facebook because we are around, especially since I'm off right now. I'm checking stuff every day. If you're on <laughs> Facebook, just search Blacktivities. And on IG, we are at Blacktivities Pod. Make sure you spell Blacktivities right. <laughs> Found it out. Hit us up and let us know that you're out there and that you listen. I will most definitely shout you out because our listeners are super important. Until next week, though. King and queens keep doing big things. Leg up.